So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ever wonder why? We ask ourselves that very question all the time. Welcome to Coffee with Source, a candid conversation about the wisdom of Source as seen through the eyes of physical. Our plan? Keep making fun of and laughing about the old stale vibration until it simply vibrates right off the planet. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, October 12th, 2011. I'm Rico Shields, and I have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. Morning, Jean. Mm. Mm. Yes, Jean and I have been in the bullpen warming up, and Jean is warmed up. Let me tell you, folks, <laughs> it's going to be a good show because we, we like it when Jean gets warmed up. Um. Oh, I hope you all have your coffee, and I hope it's strong. Because when she gets warmed up, she often hits one right out of the park. So uh, we've got some interesting stories that we're going to look at today. Um, Sort of a continue. We will probably refer to the Occupy movement. I'm just going to call it that now since it's kind of going around many, many places. But uh, we're only going to refer to it because it's... it certainly looks like people waking up. It really does. And, you know, there's soldiers in your cup. Um, yes. It, 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 it's, it's an incredible movement that is, is apparently sparking some um, fear-based action from uh, uh, the U.S. government, from what I see at least. And uh, some I, I have to admit just outright stupidity. Um, from at least one Canadian journalist, if you can call him that, I'm not sure I could call him that at this point. In fact, I, you know, being schooled in journalism, I, I'm embarrassed to put his name alongside any other journalist out there. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that in a second. It's it's definitely um, it's definitely making waves because it's bringing out some very childlike behavior on behalf of those who, for the moment, have the money and are in power. Um, they're, they're throwing little temper tantrums all over the place, which is yeah, good, I was going to say, you said some, some sort of fear-based reactions, and like many fear-based reactions, they're not very well thought out, and they don't make sense. <laughs> and completely illogical, completely illogical, irrational, and... Um, but you have to try to stop and get out of the emotion thing, which the reaction from fear can't do. But if you stop and get out of the emotion thing for just a minute, it just, like I said, doesn't even pass the giggle test. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, much of it doesn't. Um, so I don't I don't know where you want to start. Um, we could start with the big hitter, or we could start with me just ripping apart Kevin O'Leary for his um, gross negligence with regards to his responsibility as a reporter for one of the most integral news conglomerates in Canada. We could well, start with that. I, I tell you what, we could go ahead and start with that because uh, we can tell that uh, you're really, really warmed up on that one. And, you know, if we ask you to hold that back while we go through another story, you might pull a muscle. I might pull a muscle. <laughs> so. Um, I've been posting it for two days. I don't know if anybody's seen it. Um, actually, I think I think tons of people have seen it. It's it's an interview, um, supposedly on uh, it's a Sun TV interview. Oh, Sun TV worthy interview um, of CBC's Kevin O'Leary uh, talking to Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Chris Hedges, who is actually um, has actually been a part of. 
of the We Are the 99% movement down on Wall Street, um, was down there to do some talks. Uh, is certainly not one of the ones responsible for launching the movement, but is in support of it. Now, we're talking about, you know, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist who um, has a lifetime of responsible journalism behind him. And then our, you know, great old Canadian, Kevin O'Leary. Gets, our esteemed co- uh, yeah. colleague. Ooh, ouch. Please, really. Um, gets, gets, gets on the screen and, and during an interview calls him um, a left-wing nut bar. To which, of course, Chris Hedges takes gross offense, um, but very politely tries to, you know, steer the conversation back in a more positive direction. And Kevin O'Leary comes back with correcting him on, and then he starts arguing with the guy on what he actually called him. Uh, So the whole thing is. In his response, Chris Hedges mentioned that calling someone a nutcase was irresponsible and a personal attack as opposed to discussing the issue. Which which sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Reasonable and accurate. And but then he was corrected by Mr. O'Leary that I didn't call you a nutcase. I called you a nut bar. And, and and you know I mean there's there's a time and a place where your your leg is so far down your throat that your toes are peeking out the other end. And this this is one of those times. What I'm disgusted about is that not only was he doing this. Um, when he's representing CBC, which, by the way, is one of my favorite stations, um, they they really have put themselves out there over the last year with regards to calling shenanigans on a lot of the political um, mayhem <laughs> that's been going on in our country and around the world. They don't seem to be showing a lot of fear with regards to whether or not they're going to speak out against, you know, the misuse and abuse of power. And... From what I can see, this idiot O'Leary, yeah, I'm going to use the word because he's not acting as a responsible journalist in any way, shape, or form. In this case, he's definitely taking a present. I'm not a journalist, so I don't have to, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to say right out front, I am biased, and that's okay um, because I'm not working for somebody like the CBC. Um, but when you're working for a, a news organization, as respected as CBC, it is not acceptable to have an opinion. And it's certainly not acceptable to bring that personal opinion into an interview in in a way that actually insults the person you're interviewing. And it's not like he underhandedly snuck in an insult. He just flat out basically called the guy a left-wing nut bar. Um, it's 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 embarrassing as a Canadian. It's embarrassing for me because I I have much respect for the CBC. What I'm most ashamed about is that I have not seen any kind of retraction. No apologies. Nobody's calling this guy to task. Nobody's talking about it even. And and if I were CBC, I'd be saying, you know what, he's gone. I don't care that he is on a national show, The Dragon's Den, and is making tons of money and has all this power. I don't care. When you're doing an interview, you're a journalist, you can't have a biased opinion, you can't bring emotion into it, you can't insult the person that you're you're interviewing. And if you do, any decent news organization would can the journalist on the spot. It's not acceptable. I wish well, they'd do something about it. Well, and and you're, there's a key phrase in there. You're a big hit on a big national show that's part of the entertainment industry. doesn't have anything to do with news no. reporting. And, you know, just for the sake of uh, – I'll probably get flamed for even explaining, but – we we have, do not represent ourselves as being journalists. We're not doing the news. We look at the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is 
you know what what let's have let's have a guest on everyday connection and uh that has followed a different spiritual discipline perhaps than you or I and uh you know we'll well that just sounds like a bunch of airy fairy woo woo well we'd sure be on the air for a long time wouldn't we nobody'd come visit right. and we'd get hung yeah really and, we'd never get another guest on again no and nor should we if we act that way and I and, and personally I think it's that it should be that way, period, that we need to accept people and their you know, what's going on and what's going on with this guy, it looks like to me, is well, who are the big ratings people in the news in well, it's the Americans and you know, they're assholes on the news. Pardon my French people. Um but um what passes for news reporting uh, in this country is silly, and and I hate to say it because I I like Ted Turner, but the 24-hour news industry has certainly helped foster it. It it, it may not have been the beginning of it, but you got to fill 24 hours with news, and you're trying to really only tell things that are sensational because you want viewers. Well, pretty soon the sensational goes out the window, so you got to make it up. So you stick your foot in your mouth. Say something really silly. Say something really embarrassing. Um, it's it's the, the train wreck scenario, you know. There's a train wreck you drive by. You can't help but look, you know. For whatever reason, everybody's rubbernecking and looking and slowing down and trying to see what's going on. So they make train wrecks on TV and people watch. And but What I don't understand is what was Kevin... O'Leary trying to do out mental muscle somebody as respected as Chris Hedges for his work in journalism. I mean, come on. You cannot try and trick the guy. You can't. I mean, the most the most angry he got was to say he would never do an interview with them again. And he said that very calmly at the he end of the interview. Calmly at the end over. of the interview. He finished out the interview. He was getting insulted and um you know but he kept his cool yeah i might have gotten up i might have gotten up and pulled the earphone the minute i got called a left-wing nut bar but he sat there like a journalist journal he has practiced for his career that if he's interviewing someone and the person he's interviewing tries to badger bait him that he has to maintain his calm cool composure and ask the questions well so he did the Converse. He remained calm and cool. I mean, he did call the guy out, you know, and say, listen. But he did it with respect. If you don't want to talk about the issues, if you're going to stoop to personal attacks, I I, I don't know what to do with you. And and, and the fellow tried to come at him again and, and, and in the end just sort of said, well, you've got your platform. Say whatever it is you want to say. Because he didn't, you can't play. It takes two people to play that Badger bait game, and it's it's really it's really disappointing because here was an, a real opportunity for um, for somebody to talk to a journalist who has a ton of experience with getting the inside story, who is actually down there on Wall Street in amongst these protesters. He could have gotten a very inside in-depth glimpse into this movement if he had asked all the right questions. But no, what does he do instead? He insults the guy. Because I want to ask this fellow some questions. You know? I'd love to speak to Chris. I want to, I, like I want to, know to talk to Chris and say, listen, okay, uh, you know, we, let's start this interview over. and we'll, we'll, I'll be Kevin O'Leary, or I'll be a, try to be a journalist in the situation. And, and uh, uh well, Mr. Hedges, you know, you're a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. You have many, many years covering stories ranging from, and I would have done my homework and seen a couple of the things he's done that were really outstanding. Um, I'd like to get your take on some of the criticisms that have been leveled at this movement. For example, um, they say that the, 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 this movement's not cohesive and they have no message and so they'll it'll fizzle away. What's your take on that? I, I'd like to know what Chris Hedges would say about that because 
to me, that would be a very legitimate interview question. And I'm not saying that interviews, interviewers don't ask the tough questions if there's a tough situation going on. No, no, definitely. You have to ask the tough questions. That's your job. But the tough questions are not, well, you sound like a left-wing nut bar. It's, it's not, not even a, a question. It's, it's a statement. It's not a question. It's a statement, and it's an insult. And, um, you know, I, I I, certainly hope that, that somebody out there in CBC land that's that's running things um, will we'll call this man to task. And, I, you know, for myself, I certainly won't stop watching CBC, um, but I, I've lost all respect for the man. And um, I, I really hope to never see him as a part of an interview again. He, For me, he he's not worthy of the title journalist. And, you know, once was the day, not very long ago, that he would have been, you know, transferred to the field office in Liechtenstein or something. Somebody needs to put him on a plane, but that's just me. And, and you know, well, um, we now have another jewel of a story. And we're going to get a little soapboxy. We're going to get a little down on him at first. We'll try to make up for it at the end. Um but I would just say I would just say in advance of this discussion that when desperation and fear beset someone or some group of people uh, the acts that you take, the actions you take based on fear uh and desperation rarely make sense. Your brain doesn't work right when you vibrate low. <laughs> It just doesn't. You know, I mean, even Abraham has said in their little tone scale, emotional scale, that, you know, yeah, okay, so you got out of desperation by getting really angry, and then you got just, a, you know, irritated, and then you got frustrated. And then up somewhere around in there, irritation and frustration, your brain starts to work again. <laughs> That's a quote from one of their workshops, and it's true. It's true. And that's like a, great, but screw Abraham and their scale. This is common sense. Yeah, well, There's we're going to get into movement. the giggle factor of, of the common okay. sense, but what I'm saying is the moves they make from those kind of positions don't make sense. And so look at this with us, too, from a standpoint of does this even make – I'm not saying everything in the world is logical, but does this even pass the common sense, the giggle test, the – um, anything okay now and again we're going to go we're going to we're going to talk about um responsible journalism and what it means now um i have been schooled in journalism i i i am not a paid journalist working for any you know legitimate journalism organization out there been schooled in it have the degree know the education worked in the field have the experience and i got to say this 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 first line as 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 a writer um is is ridiculous beyond ridiculous um the headline itself is is just horrid um and then the first line of the article wow and and I'll run through the why of that um now consider the timing of this there it's it comes out just as the the Wall Street um, movement is is really going global. Um, it's, it comes out well, you know, at a time when Canadians are starting to support. We are the ninety nine percent, and it it looks to me like a cry of desperation, a cry for help. A, hey, pay attention to this so that you won't, you know, you won't make us be held accountable for our our mistakes. Um, that's just my personal opinion, though. But the the headline, first of all, just is is an embarrassment. Um, U.S. aims to unite the world against Iran. Um, uniting the world means to unite the world. We don't unite against anybody. <laughs> it's just, I mean, the idea of it is ludicrous that. And then the first the first line, the Obama administration plans to leverage charges that Iran 
plotted to assassinate Saudi Arabia's ambassador to the United States. So I have to ask, if if that's the case, okay, um, did the Iranian people get together, have a meeting? And, and when I say the Iranian people, I mean all of them, because they're saying that Iran plotted to assassinate Saudi Arabia. So you have to be careful of the wording that you, you present and you put out there to the public. So Iran plotted to assassinate Saudi Arabia's ambassador to the United States. So all of Iran got together and everybody stopped work and going to school and everything. They all got together and they had a big giant meeting and they, what, took a vote and thought, yeah, this is a good idea. Had a, had a big campaign. Everybody in the country went to the polls and voted. <clears throat> you people crazy? Do they do they think we're stupid? Are you apparently they do? Tell me, even if you even if you catch one or two people plotting an assassination, are you going to hold the country accountable? The people, the everyday people that are just trying to make a living, go to work. You know, I and. And since when, even if this is a legitimate claim and there are people within the Iranian government who have been part of this supposed and alleged assassination attempt, how does that truly represent the entire country? It doesn't. You need to be careful of your wording. Well, it's inflammatory. It's a totally inflammatory, and it's it's designed to be inflammatory. That's that's why it's so funny because it's right there. It's on the front line. A good editor would catch that, would know what it means, would know what it's saying, and the only reason they're letting it slip by is because it's saying exactly what they want people to hear. Get Iran because if you're getting Iran, then you're not paying attention to what's going on in your own backyard. And in your own backyard right now, there's people from all over your own country and your neighbor country, Canada, who are saying there's some serious problems in our own country that we need to look at. Let's fix this. It's it's sleight of hand. It really is. To me, it looks like a sleight of hand maneuver from the government. The oldest trick in the book, get them to pay attention over here so that this hand can do whatever the hell it wants. And let's look for just a minute with some... Critical thinking. Be an observer of life, which means you look at it and you go, oh, wow. Well, let's oh, wow some of these things, right? So they're saying that Iran was behind this plot, and I have to put in alleged plot. This is if we were going to be journalists. Uh, You have to be careful how you word things, and they used to be careful. And we used to make fun of them for being careful, but that's part of the job. But anyway, uh, that Iran is behind this plot to assassinate the Saudi envoy. What? Okay. But now what is the? how did we get there? Well, we started off, we arrested a fella and said, you know, we've arrested him. And by doing so, we've broken up a plot to kill the Saudi envoy. We've protected you from terrorism. Oh, good for you. We'll toss, we'll toss you a biscuit, you know. Oh, yay! You know, good boy. Sit, stay. Here's a cookie. But <clears throat> then it's revealed that this guy's a member of one of the big Mexican drug cartels, which everybody seems to be scared of, or at least they've gotten us all scared of them. And so. The, the entirety of the country of Iran went over and talked to a guy that works for the Mexican drug cartel. Um, and anybody knows that reads the news that you know no one in the cartel does anything without the permission of the leader of the cartel. At least we've put a bunch of cartel leaders in jail by saying that. Um. So this Mexican drug cartel is now behind it as well. So the Mexican drug cartel boogeyman and the Iran boogeyman are both coming to sneak in the bedroom window and steal our breath at night or whatever. uh, Oh, they're going to blow up the Saudi envoy. Okay, yeah. So, But what really amazes me is why are they doing it on American soil? 
there's Saudis all over the place in Saudi Arabia, I understand. But I'm not, you know, I've never been there, so I can't testify. <laughs> but I hear rumor. But 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 anyway, that as Gene so skillfully pointed out earlier, as a trained journalist, why in the world somebody like the Mexican drug cartel, who benefits greatly from the fact that the American borders are pretty open, um, want to do something that would tend to make the borders tighter and more closed? The, the cartels do not want the borders to be tightened up. They don't because, I mean, yeah, in the past they have been all for certain wars because they have been known to use military transport to move their drugs. However, when you get to terrorist wars, now you're talking about really tight border restrictions, shutting down borders, stopping transportation. Uh, it's no longer easy to move. Your own people get stuck in a country where they're not even supposed to be. It's a huge mess with regards to business, and the complications are you know, they just grow exponentially. The tighter the borders become, the more hassle it is for these cartels to move their stuff. Why would they want to be part of any plot that would cause the borders to shut down? It doesn't make sense to me. It's completely illogical. And and you know, it 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 would you say well they didn't plan on getting caught? Well, the act itself would have caused the tightening of the borders. So. It's the last thing they'd want anything to do with. It's just, it doesn't pass the giggle test, people. But in in my opinion, that's because it was a hastily put together, knee-jerk, fear-based reaction. Not a planned press maneuver. You know, they got good people. They can do good things with the press. But and this I was a to, quickie. You know, I have to point out something that just, just now... Uh, it, within, and we've been talking about this story for the last hour, really getting prepared for this. But just now occurred to me, if, if there was a planned assassination, now they're saying they arrested one person. Is this what I'm hearing from this article, that they've arrested one person, and by arresting one person, they have stopped a plot Okay. Conspiracy. Even. Conspiracy. Okay. Now the problem with that is that if there was a plot for an assassination of a government of official, the Secret Service and Homeland Security would be doing their utmost, you know, putting out their biggest effort to keep it under the wraps because if they've only caught one person, they want to get the rest of these guys who are part of this plot because one person alone. We know from our history books, usually doesn't get that far. So obviously there's something behind it. And if a Mexican, you know, I mean, come on. If if there's a plot, then there's more people involved, which means that Homeland Security would be not wanting this to go public. They wouldn't even want the other people knowing that this guy had been arrested because they want to catch the rest of them. How many times has the FBI... I, I dare say the Canadian Mounted Police, the National Police, wherever you are, made a string of 27 arrests this morning, and this is the result of a four-year investigation, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, wow, they've been doing this four years, and nobody heard a thing about it. Well, yeah, because you can't catch them if you don't be quiet. There's Every hunter knows that. You've got to be quiet or you scare away the game. The story I saw the other day on fraud, okay, now there was a five-year investigation on this gentleman's fraudulent activity, and during the five years, he managed to get an extra couple million dollars because the RCMP did not move until they had enough evidence to shut him down and to make sure that he was not acting alone. They wanted to get everybody involved in his little scam. Now, that's one person or a couple people committing fraud against Canadian citizens, okay? You're talking about a plot to assassinate. When, when you're struggling with this idea of war with the Middle East, and it's been a war that's been going on for far too long, your own people are getting restless with the whole idea of shooting people and not knowing why we're shooting them. 
And and then you're going to turn around and tell me that you've got an assassination plot that involves the Middle East on American soil, and you're going to put it all over the news? Because that's a good idea. Yeah, a real good idea. And, you know, again, let's all focus on just the positive things happening in the world, and we'll be all right. But but it's – and I think – these things too are becoming more obvious just because we're all becoming more aware and we're all communicating at a person to person level uh globally thanks to the internet and Skype and blog talk radio um, but it <laughs> it goes on in this article to oh. really want to really want to inflame you know i just um, read one of the lines from from Clinton and I, it's got me laughing. I mean, he. Well, I was going to quote a couple of people. What what old Bill say? Uh, not not Bill. Hillary. Oh, Hillary. What did Hillary have to yeah, say? Hillary, you're you're wonderful spokeslady. <laughs> um, here you got her quoted saying the idea that they would attempt to go to Mexican drug cartel to solicit murder for hire to kill the Saudi ambassador. Nobody could make that up, right? I, Nobody could ever do that, but. <laughs> uh, somebody could make it up. Well, and and but here, here we go. Let's 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 see if we're gonna, you know, have something inflammatory. I would say, uh, you know, okay, there's a big argument going on in your house. You come home from work. What's the first thing you try to do? Just get everybody calmed down, right? So we can talk about it. You don't just jump in, or at least if you want it to get over with, you don't just jump in. Sometimes you might be spoiling for a good fight, depending on your day at work, but. Anyway, so here they've asked a couple of questions of some American officials. And uh, uh, Representative Peter King, a New York Republican and chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. Okay, that's that's a reasonably important position. I would probably not even be able to speak, much less uh, say very much without thinking about it if I was in such a position. But anyway, so they asked him about it, and he said... He called carrying out such a scheme an, quote, act of war, unquote, five times during a five-minute CNN interview. Really? Really? An act of war? And um, while outlining several other steps that Washington may take, he insisted that no options be ruled out. We should not be automatically saying we're not going to have military action, King said Tuesday night, saying that this flagrant and notorious alleged plot brought already testy relations to a very precipitous level. And everything should be left on the table where you're talking about a potential attack in the United States, which is an act of war. So, well, that certainly is helping everybody calm down it, and it, it, and it taking a considered view of it. You know, here's something that's just barely breaking in the news, and they go ask this guy, and it's an act of war. It's not, well, you know, this is barely breaking in the news. I think we should, you know, follow this story for a while, see, you know, what can be proved. You know, it's an act of war. It is ridiculously and, Scary so now, to consider that any individual's actions, be they terrorist-based or, you know, complete and utter insanity, if that any individual's actions could be considered by any government official an act of war. If another country comes in and invades our country, that's an act of war. To even say it once, but much less five times in five minutes. So, now let's see. We we all know from our wonderful teachers, the press, that the government in Iran is really insane. uh, And they're very extreme in nature they're extremists right so now i would say the extremist is the one that if there was an argument they would just jump in because they'd be spoiling for a fight yes 
So they went to talk with Mohammed Kazay. I forgive me, I don't know how to pronounce uh in any way that's probably accurate, <clears throat> but uh he is Iran's permanent representative to the United Nations. So they went and asked him about it, and he said, first he said, well, I'm shocked to hear such a big lie. <laughs> and then he said, the chain of events outlined by U.S. authorities is, quote, an insult to the common sense, unquote, of people everywhere. It, it, well, that's what I just said. To be, because to be it backed is. up, to be backed up by Iran's parliament speaker, okay, um, who's calling the Justice Department claims childish games. And I quote him saying, and his name is Ali uh, Lavrijani, these are cheap claims by giving it wide media coverage. It was evident that they are trying to cover up their own problems. He told an open session of Parliament on Wednesday, they, referring to the Americans, suffered a political stroke and learned that they had begun a childish game. We've had normal relations with the Saudis. There's no reason for Iran to carry out such childish acts. Childish. Childish. It's, it's, it's a temper tantrum being thrown by a government who is worried. They're worried, people. The 99%, it's working. Keep going. They're worried. Don't and let this stuff in the news scare you because I I just I don't see Iran getting together, throwing a boat, and saying, yeah, this week we're going to assassinate that guy. And, and for the sake of the Occupy folks who have basically said, listen, at least in the United States, have said, listen, Democrat, Republican, I don't care. They're both way wacko off in the fringe. The same fringe. It's like the two corporate sides playing. Because you look, all the big corporations donate to both parties. Uh, but but anyway, they so they we've quoted a Republican. Yeah, well, let's get a Democrat. Uh, Senator Robert Menendez, a Democrat from New Jersey, fine American state, said, it is a tremendous opportunity for the United States and the world to create pressure on Iran. What? Why? Why are we pressuring Iran? Why? <laughs> what? what? I'm, I'm sorry, kids. We have major problems in our own backyards, and that's speaking for both Canada and the United States. Yes, I'm Canadian. No, you know, the... The government issues in America are not going to affect me directly today. However, my own country is having some serious problems with people not having work, with people not having food, with people not having the health care they need. Um, it, it, I, the list of issues is just ridiculously long. We have problems in our own backyard. Why are we not paying attention to those? Why are we spending money? gross amounts of money to fund our military to go overseas and stick our noses in where it doesn't belong. Why? Somebody give me a logical, reasonable uh, explanation for this, please. I would love to hear it because at this point, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. We have our own problems. Let's fix those. Well, and it it gets back to this whole, you know, taking a judgment, taking a stand, uh, uh, making a judgment of people or countries or anything else being a bad idea. It's it's very difficult, if not entirely impossible, for us to even understand. Um, Jane and I were talking last night about Libya, and she had seen some facts that had been displayed and... and uh, uh, it's always bad to look at, you know, ten facts when you're talking about a nation that's full of people because you can't know anything about a bunch of people off of ten facts. But uh, these were facts that seemed contrary to, you know, well, Gaddafi was bad. And um, it is almost impossible as a guy living in Houston, Texas. I don't have to say American. I'm just a citizen of Earth. But I'm way over here in Houston, Texas. 
it's really impossible for me to tell you much about the internal struggles and problems that are going on in Iran. I don't know any Iranians. I'm not on the Skype with them. Uh, I thought and that was the point. Gene's point was, I I don't really know about Libya. What's really the story? Because I don't know. I mean, I can talk about the Philippines because I've been there and I've talked to these people, a bunch of these people, and they've told me straight up firsthand and and pointed at it and said, look, see. So I can talk about that, but I don't know anything about what's going on over there. And the truth is that none of us really know anything about what's going on over there. Some of these struggles that are going on have been going on for millennia, okay? Thousands of years, millennia, there have been struggles in these in these regions. And they're extraordinarily complex. They cannot be simplified into Shia versus Sunni or any of this other kind of stuff, or even tribe versus tribe. It's really, it's to me, it's one of these situations, and... Again, I don't know anything about these countries and how these people are being treated, whether they're being treated fairly by their governments. I think probably not. I don't think the American people are being treated fairly by our government. Why are being treated fairly by our government? Yeah, that's what I said. I don't think the American people are being treated fairly by our government. So I think that's a global problem. Um, But uh, to try to get in there and say, you know, okay, well, this is black. Here's the black and here's the white hats in this arena is almost impossible when Afghanistan let's just take Afghanistan you know that's where we started okay we're going to go fight the war on terror well let's see by what creating a lot of terror wars of terrifying thing but anyway so over there in Afghanistan the Russians invaded Afghanistan they wanted oil supposedly Anyway, they invaded Afghanistan. Now, they say they didn't invade Afghanistan. They say that the Afghan people asked them to come liberate them from some oppressive government. That's what the Russians say. But isn't that what What really happened? I don't know. I don't know anything about what was going on. I didn't go sit over there. And you're a terrorist if you lose, and you're a liberator if you win. The winner always writes the history, see? So you don't throw the history books out. They're not much help. They're all biased badly. Um, so you got to go try and figure out, well, what's going on with these people and what is it that they're really fighting about? Why are they angry? And you probably find out that they're not. You'll probably find out that nobody even remembers anymore. We used to have a story in the United States about the feud between these two families, the Hatfields and the McCoys. You know, if a Hatfield saw a McCoy, just saw him, they'd get their guns, start shooting at him. And this has been going on for generations. This has been going on for a long time. And the real the joke was, the running joke was, that you could go ask any of these modern-day Hatfields and McCoys, and none of them could really tell you what the hell the fight was about. They were just raised to hate the other, the other family. And I think, and I don't, I hate to make anything sound simple, but... Albert Einstein once said that if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it completely yet. Um, Children are raised to believe that there's an us and a them. To have an enemy. To have someone who is somebody to blame, somebody to point fingers at. And because as long as the source of our troubles is them, whoever them is, it doesn't have to be a government. It can be bankers. It can be lawyers. It can be investment people. It can be whatever you make them. It's we got to get over that, people. We're I, I'm serious when I say that when the 99% finally gets there to pull back the curtain to look at the one, there's not going to be anybody there. The 99% is really the 100%, I believe. Um, because if you can divorce away, if you can get these people in interviews, I don't care which one of these politicians it is, and divorce away their job, they would like their kids to have it better than they have it. They'd like to have a clean, dry place to live. Come on, people. 
we why why were there cavemen? Because it was clean and dry, you know. It's we want a clean and dry place to be, and if we find a better one, we go there because we want our kids to have it better than we had it, or at least as good as we've got it. Right? I think I think honestly, if you, if you were to if you were to go and and talk to talk to people from from any of these you know worn torn countries and and just get them down in a, in a quiet place where you could ask them really how do you feel about this i think that the general consensus at this point would just be we're tired i just want to be able to walk down the street to the market we're tired. buy a pack of cigarettes without Don't having to worry about who's shooting me want to play this game anymore anymore we're tired in Canada. We're tired in the U.S. The people are tired. They're tired of this. If all these wars and fault-finding and, okay, things aren't good in our country because so-and-so country, if all that was going to solve anything, don't you think that in the course of thousands of years of conducting relations that way, we would have solved something? And we haven't solved anything with it. Nothing. Everybody's, you know, well, our continued military pressure on the Soviet Union broke their economic back, which made the people sit up and realize the people knew that it was screwy. The people always knew it was screwy. You live under some screwy, repressive regime, you know that it's screwy and that it's repressive, okay? We don't have to come and educate any of these people or liberate any of these people. When they've had enough shenanigans, they'll get up and do something about it. Look at the Egyptians. They had enough shenanigans. They said, that's it. And now, that had nothing to do with the American military whatsoever. So, In it, fact, we supported the president against leave, the protesters at first. Leave these countries alone. Get the troops back home and start focusing on the stuff that's important, like feeding your own damn people, you know, providing the, an education for your own people. The floods up in the in some agricultural areas and even up in New York State. Get the soldiers home. And instead of the story about how the levee and sandbags broke, you can have the story about how our incredible, willing to die for their fellow man soldiers are at saving people. That's the headline I want to read. Instead, we have to read the headlines about the soldiers coming back from Iraq going, look, they told us one thing, but that's not what's going on over there. This is this is wrong. And and in light of in light of all of that, all of that um, outspokenness that's that's coming forward now. Thanks. Thanks to the Internet. Thanks to YouTube. Thanks to home cameras and, you know. Oh. Hello? Well, I believe that I might still be on the air. We apparently have a little bit of a glitch in the connection between uh, Jean and I at the moment. Hopefully she'll be back uh, because I could tell she had a really great point to make. Uh, but I'll take this moment to... Oh, Jean? No. The computer says she's back, but I don't hear anything. <laughs> oh, hi. That was fun. Okay, so what? as I was saying... <laughs> and I was so rudely interrupted. Um, but th- thanks to all this incredible modern technology and the courage of people to speak out, we're able to look at these tactics like this like this news story... Um, and and we're able to look at it objectively and call shenanigans on it because you know i mean it it's really hard to pull the wool over people's eyes when they're educating each other and that's what it boils down to it really does <laughs> no no we're here that that is that is precisely what it boils down to is that when people think for themselves 
and rather than just taking the line. I mean, look at what's going on in Syria. The Syrian press says every day that they put down a terrorist uh, act in so-and-so town. But we have cell phone videos and Twitter and Facebook that we know different because we see the pictures of the man on the street getting whooped. So 20 years ago, 10 years ago, what would have happened? Well, the president of Syria would have gone and killed a bunch of protesters and nobody would have cared and uh, everybody else would have gotten scared and gone home because the world would have bought what they got fed on the news, which was, hey, we had a terrorist thing and we went and put it down. That's not what's happening happening anymore. And and if, you know, 99% is going to hold the governments and the banks accountable. Well, you're at it, guys. Hold the news conglomerates accountable as well. If you see if, something that's goofy. The journalism is not um is not fair if it's not an honest representation, if it appears to be biased, if it if if it's just outright ludicrous, call shenanigans on it. Don't be afraid. Do your research. You have access at your fingertips to all the information you could want. And if you're Educate right there yourself. and the shenanigans are happening, get out your cell phone. Tweet on Twitter. Speak up. Nobody's gonna the boogeyman's not gonna get you. There is no boogeyman. There's just a bunch of people that don't know what to do. And communication is a great way to start. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Well, so what do you do in your life when you're not sure what to do about something? You get a couple of your friends together, your family together, and you all sit and talk about it. You discuss it. And in the course of discussing it, new ideas just appear and things get better. Generally, often, sometimes. Even if there's a chance. What we're doing ain't working. And that, to me, is the central crux of this whole Occupy thing is, look, I'm not ready to say i got the answers and solve world peace today standing here in the park, but this stuff ain't working, and it's baloney. It's shenanigans. Stop it. And, you know, that's what stops it, is for people to be able to look at and decide themselves. And if you can't go look at and decide yourself what's going on in some country halfway around the world, and you don't talk to people over there, then you just really don't have any right getting involved. And when the United States gets involved in something, that means you, Joe, Bob, Sally, Sarah, and I'm just stating names. These do not relate to people <laughs> that I know. You know, John and Jane Q. Public. Okay, it's you. It's it's you. The same goes for the Canadians, guys. When your government decides to 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 send our troops, it, it's not just the troops that are going over there. It's not just the families of the troops that are affected. Okay, it is the entire country because I. I'm going to put it out there. The taxes that you're paying to provide your children with an education, to provide you with health care, to provide you with, you know, a secure way to retire, a pension plan that is going to, you know, provide you with safety and security in your old age after years of contributing to your government is being wasted to send our people over to another country to die. And to get involved in something they don't understand and that we don't understand. Our politicians do not understand. They've seen a list of facts, and I don't care if you've seen a list of a thousand facts, and they don't have time to read that many facts. But if you've seen a list of a thousand facts, you don't understand anything, probably even about a small village, much less a country. It's just not enough data. You can't get enough data. You have to go there and feel it. 
And so the people that are there that can feel it, let's let them figure it out. They can. They will. They don't need our help. Who elected us to be in charge? And and, and if we're going to lead, you know, I say, well, people look to America to be a beacon of freedom, so we need to be... Yes, if we're going to lead, we need to lead our lives here, solve our problems here, and 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 then and the rest of the world can look and say, and say, wow, we got banking problems, and they had banking problems in America, and look what they did. Let's try that. That's leadership. That's leadership. Guns is bullying. I don't care how you want to put it. It's bullying. Leadership to, you know, you don't cheat, lie, and steal. Well, you live an honest life. And you let people see how yummy it is. And, and then I, they I want to live can't. one, too. You don't go beat them up because they're beating people up. How I do, can't condone is, the role of anybody who claims to be a peacekeeper when they have a gun in their hand. The, that's an, the that's images, a peace enforcer. There's and two, you can't enforce um, peace. You, no. <laughs> it, it's too contradictory to even be realistic. Yet we accept it as part of, you know, our everyday lives. Yeah. Today's society, peacekeepers carry guns. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. People need to start really looking at how ludicrous. When you pull this imagery up in your head and you take a really long hard look at the words that are being used to describe some of these people, the headlines that they're writing and the ways that they are presenting these stories. It, for the most part, much of it just simply can't be taken seriously anymore. It can't. Just try to look at it. If, if the headline grabs you and you... Rawr, Try to calm down a minute and try to look at what they're really saying there. And oftentimes, it just doesn't even make any sense. You're scratching your head before you get through the first three paragraphs. And that's what we mean when we talk about use your everyday connection, use your internal guidance, your discernment. Sorry, truth smells like truth and shenanigans stink. They do. And if they you don't write it first, it. but you look at it and you're like, hmm, something, oh, something not right, look a little more if you wish. But if you don't wish, don't go knee-jerk reaction around the world. Don't knee-jerk reaction right in your, in your own backyard. You know, one neighbor tells you the other neighbor did something. Hmm, go find out what happened, but don't just march over to your neighbor's house with a gun and shoot them. They might not have done it. Everybody knows that. But I that's mean, what we're doing. What? Yeah, it, innocent and too proven guilty. Unless, of course, you live in the Middle East. Yeah, and then you're a terrorist. It, and it's, it's, why, it's wrong. I'm why, sorry. Why would pick the Middle East to be the diversionary tactic? Well, well they because have oil. there's been war there for thousands of years. They've got oil, and we'd like to have it. Um, and but there's been and they a, have a culture a, that's not easily understood. And they and they look different because they wear why? Because they wear turbans. That's like saying that there's something going on with the bus drivers because they all wear ball caps. You know? Oh, look at that! Look at that! New York Yankees. That's a must be a cult. Look, they're all wearing matching caps. What? People, think. These are human beings we're talking about. Human beings, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, human beings who want to live their life, feed their children, provide their kids with a future, food and shelter, and okay. an education. Well, these people wear turbans. Okay, yeah. So they live so, there in the desert where they have sandstorms. You, it's a good idea if you're going to be in that much sun to have uh, something covering your head. And 
Um, if you're in a place where sandstorms can kick up almost out of nowhere, it's a good idea to have something you can put across your face so you can continue to breathe. So, oh, well, I don't have a hat, but I got some fabric, so I'll just wrap this around my head and then see when the storm comes. I just take a couple of wraps off and wrap it around my nose and mouth. And, and let's not forget that you want to have something loose. Thing. Right? People in I mean, some countries wear big straw hats. Why? Because they live in a country where straw grows. <laughs> There's no straw in the Middle East, so they don't wear straw hats. Sorry. <laughs> it's that simple, people. It's 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 nothing. I mean, it's 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 like you know. Okay, the... everybody that's wearing a, bra- a black shirt today, we're gonna just kill them. What? Because we don't understand them. Because see, they're different. They're wearing a black shirt. It's really it's that stupid. It's it's a little more complex and showy. Turbans versus you know. Well, but break it do? down. Break it down to to the simplest thing. And and your f- first line is charges that Iran plotted to assassinate. And Iran didn't plot anything. Iran as a country was minding its own business, going on with its day to day life. If if somebody within that country started plotting something, you can't hold the entire country accountable and start killing women and children simply because some idiot somewhere thought it'd be a good idea to kill that guy over there. And I mean, maybe maybe it is true. Maybe there is somebody in some office somewhere. Okay, well, let's find out who that was and get rid of them. And get rid of them. Charge them. I don't mean we have to kill them or anything, but let's at least get them the heck out of the job. Bring them to justice. They're not fit for Lay the job. charges. Yeah. Find proof. Bring it through the courts. This is how, if you're going to do any of that kind of stuff, you've got to do it like that. You you can't just, you know. Take roar. your guns in blazing and take over the. <laughs> just, the whole. You people can't call us. Idea you people can't is, call us names. We have cruise missiles. Well. It, the whole doing? idea is ludicrous, beyond ludicrous. I just. Um, yeah, we're running out of time. Yeah, and we, we, we've got to let it go, and we've been up on our soapbox, and we haven't, haven't turned long. it to the um, turned to the source view in some people's minds. But look, the source view of shenanigans is that it's shenanigans. Sorry, it's shenanigans. That's it. What and else are you going to do now? So, what is the source view on what to do about it? It's to show up like the ninety nine percent and say, "Look, we don't know the answer, but what you're doing ain't it." So, quit doing that, and let's talk about what's the answer. Because that, ladies and gentlemen is the answer. Let's talk about it until we figure out something that makes sense to, like, us on the street. Supposed to be what representative government's about. Uh, And I'll say it again for my fellow Americans. If the Founding Fathers were alive today, they would be camped out with the Occupy folks. Absolutely. I guarantee you. Just take a look at Common Sense with Thomas Paine. Look at some of their writings. They wouldn't be putting up with this shenanigans. This country was founded because of elitist shenanigans, and somehow it's gotten turned around where we've got elitist shenanigans going on right here in our country. Okay, well, then revolution again. A little revolution every now and again is a good thing, because as our friends the Elohim are fond of saying, you can't have change without change. So here we go, folks. Will we get it right, the first crack out of the box? Probably not. That's what trial and error is about. But let's try something different. Let's try something different than this mess. Yeah, because this other stuff, it's not working. The kids on the playground are having a little disagreement and fighting with each other and slinging mud at each other. So it's time for us adults to step in and say, all right, guys, can we talk about this? What's the problem? But But first, let's stop throwing slinging mud, which in this case is missiles and bullets and... Young men that go off and come back with no arms and legs. It's just stupid. It's, it's a waste. A, such a waste. Such a huge, huge waste. Um, so, so don't waste the rest of your day. Smile no. at somebody, wave, do something. Goodness gracious. Go out there, do something positive, smile a lot, laugh at the news. Um, be entertained by by some of the ludicrous and off-the-wall things that are going on right now. And uh, don't be afraid to... To call shenanigans. That's right. Right, because it's your right. Do it. Express yourself, man. It's the deal. All right. So tomorrow night 
on Everyday Connection. Join us with Brian Kennard and Friday morning. Conspiracy theories. Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Join us for uh, another uh, lighter look at the news on Friday, I hope. But if, uh, <laughs> that depends on the news. There'll be no shortage of shenanigans, probably. So uh, we'll see you then. Brew up some coffee. Make it strong. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me. And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your everyday connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.